Southern Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye Jr. Uh, we're going to be joined by uh, Cedric Richmond, uh, the co-chair of the uh, President Joe Biden re-election campaign for 2024 shortly. He's logging on now. But in the meantime, I want to let you know that we will be talking to the uh, new president of the Area Conference, Washington, Oregon, Alaska. Uh, that is uh, Attorney uh, Shalee Anderson. We'll also be talking with the national president of the National Association of Minority Contractors, Wendell Stimley. And then another very familiar person is uh, Dr. Ife Williams that you read constantly, regularly in the Seattle Medium newspaper. As a matter of fact, there's some good news in there about how well the mayor is doing, uh, revitalizing downtown, and also uh, the columns. Uh, Dr. Ife Williams, we have on her columns in there this week, along with Reverend Jesse Jackson and Mark Moriel, uh, talking about how people are now attacking Black women, entrepre women entrepreneurs, who uh, are trying to generate enough revenue to get us out of poverty and on the good foot. And so anybody that's doing anything positive for African-Americans is going to be attacked. So you might as well get ready for it. You won't get nothing accomplished if you're worried about making somebody happy, especially in this day and time. I also want to let people know that longtime friend and a retired firefighter, a friendly Oscar Mitchell Jr. has passed away. Uh, his service will be Saturday, the 23rd of Damascus Church at 11 o'clock a.m. And uh, I will be back at the Congressional Black Caucus. I can't be there, but I've been talking to uh, Clarence Williams about having someone pay tribute to this brother uh, will be happening on next Thursday. I also want to thank uh, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, SeaTac Bar Group, LLC, uh, that is Jerry Whitsett and Rod O'Neill. They own the Mountain Room Bar and the Africa Lounge on Concourse A. The Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office with their leader, Mian Rice, and Charles Francis' Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion. And uh, I, I think it's really important for folks to understand uh, what's going on right now in our country. Uh, the, the big fight seems to be over if we're going to have our rights uh, at the ballot box. And uh, so you've seen what's been happening. But Eric, I tell you what, while we wait for uh, 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 Cedric Richmond to log on, why don't we go ahead and take a break right now? Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at PortSeattle.com. Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.ctacshops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only connect more people to more places, we're making life better for all. We're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire region of opportunities, like jobs and school. If you have an ORCA card, you can just tap and go. We have reduced fares for seniors and riders with disabilities. For adults with lower incomes, check out Orca Lift and pay just a dollar for your ride. To plan your trip or to learn more, 
Visit us at soundtransit.org. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan back at Urban Forum Northwest. We've been able to hook up with Cedric Richmond, a former congressman from New Orleans when I met him. I think he also went to Morehouse. And uh, he has uh, been the senior advisor and from what I read, uh, is one of the, the President Biden's closest confidants. And he has also been selected to co-chair the President Joe Biden campaign 2024 for a re-election. So, uh, distinguished gentlemen, Cedric Richmond, thank you for taking time out to join us today. And I'd just like to have you take a couple of minutes to just let, let my listeners know about your distinguished uh, resume and all the accomplishments that you've made. Uh, well, you know, you call it distinguished. I just called it, you know, doing the work. I got into politics because I couldn't get uniforms for my little league team. And it frustrated me. And my mother was like, what you going to do about it? And so uh, I ran for state rep fresh out of law school and then ran for Congress after Katrina, um, the government's failure to help. So, you know, they print money in D.C. So I went on to there and then I saw a tremendous need uh, and the threat that Donald Trump posed to uh, democracy and to, um, you know, our way of life and the bullying, the chaos and all of that. So I uh, I got knee deep into uh, Vice President, former Vice President Biden's campaign and uh, co-chaired it and we turned out um, pretty good that the American people wanted a president who would try to unite the country, who would rebuild the middle class and all of those things. So I was honored to do it. And I'm proud of the president's track record. And in Congress, you were also chaired the Congressional Black Caucus. You know, we got that coming up next week. Also, a little later on, I want you to reflect on what people can expect next week as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, I had that honor to uh, chair the Black Caucus, which was a Tremendous honor. Um, and I would like to think that we got a lot of done, but I'll tell you uh, one thing that the CBC, the Congressional Black Caucus is one, it's needed. Two, they are effective. And a lot of the things that have been ushered in for African-Americans around this country, uh, a direct result of the work of CBC members. And in terms of right now, uh, we've been hearing nothing except for, you know, the stories about Hunter Biden but I've heard very little about uh, the person who worked in the White House that uh, went back to the area that he was responsible for, the Middle East, and come back home with $2 billion from the Saudis. Now, is there going to be any, I mean, if there's ever an investigation need to occur, it seems to me that seemed to be the one. But I know the Democratic Party has been preoccupied with meeting the needs of the people. And some things like that are not put on, on the front burner because if you're trying to get things done, uh, you don't want to get involved with the same thing, but it seems to me the boy is a crook. <laughs> so that's my personal opinion. Well, look, you're right. We are the president and the vice president are focused on meeting the challenges that the country has and delivering on promises that they made during the campaign. Uh, the Democratic Party is focused on getting the message out of the uh, about the administration's accomplishments, and we think that that's what we're going to focus on. The president has never denied that he loved loves his son, he supports his son, and he uh, he's proud of the uh, person that Hunter has become. And he doesn't deny the 
the hunter has never denied the difficulties. He wrote a book about the challenges. So uh, it's not something that um, is there to run from or hide from. Um, and we're just going to continue to talk about the American people. We're not necessarily going to talk about Trump and all of his trials and, and arraignments and all of those things. We're going to keep the American people at the forefront of what we do. Another major issue is um, the Supreme Court and um, the apparent conflicts that some members are having, uh, especially uh, uh, the one that was, supposed, was allegedly going in to replace Thurgood Marshall. Uh, uh, Dr. Arthur Allen Fletcher, the father of affirmative action, said one of the biggest political mistakes he ever made in his life was allowing uh, President George H.W. Bush to talk him into endorsing Clarence Thomas. And uh, he changed his name after about six months in office from Clarence Thomas to Clarence Tom S. But that's Dr. Fletcher. So he's old enough to say that. And he was the father of affirmative action. So I have to have to accept whatever Doc says. Uh, is there it, it, anything happening with the, the bringing Supreme Court justice to justice? It is very troublesome, the accusations and the uh, information that's come to light. Uh, you want an independent judiciary, judges in the federal system are elected for life and they yield a lot of power and with that power should come responsibility. And I think that Congress is right to try to put ethics on uh, the Supreme Court. But, you know, some of the things that I see are just so troubling for uh, a justice and the actions of his wife also. But uh, that's why it's important to note to the listeners that elections have consequences. And because uh, so many people thought that Hillary wasn't good enough uh, and decided to cast a vote for the third party candidates, uh, we allowed Donald Trump to put three justices on the Supreme Court, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coleman Barrett. They've taken a hit at affirmative action. They've taken a hit at women's reproductive rights. And so we need to be very mindful that how important it is uh, to get out and vote in a presidential election. And you mentioned a third party candidate. Now, it's, I haven't heard if this, if this person has filed. Some people said he has Dr. Cornell West. Um, I think he has uh, made an attempt to get on some ballots. I'm not sure. Um, but we take every candidate uh, seriously, but he has the potential there to uh, run a third party campaign. And the beneficiary of that would be um, the Republican candidate who right now you have to assume is gonna be Donald Trump. And if it's not Donald Trump, it's gonna be Donald Trump light. So um, it, it's, it's, I think it should be uh, a concern for people, um, but that's what campaigns are for, to make your case on why people should vote for you. What would you like to see uh, the president accomplish? What is it? What what? Eighteen months before now, in the next election, what would you like to see him accomplish uh, over the next year, for example? Well, I think he has to continue to um, fight uh, Putin's aggression in Ukraine. I think that uh, I would love to see him be able to do a little bit more on student debt. Uh, Republicans were able to block that at the courts. Uh, I think that his plan to uh, reduce student loans or, or decrease the amount you have to pay back, 10,000 and 20,000 if you were a Pell Grant recipient, 
was uh, great, but the court stopped it. So I, I hope that he'll continue to do stuff there. We still have to fight for um, child tax credit and all those things he was able to do and the American Rescue Plan. And so we have a lot of work to do, but um, really I wanna see him continue to double down on, for instance, um, increasing the amount of business that goes to minority businesses from 10 to 15%, which equals like $100 billion over the five years. Those are the types of things that he was able to get into uh, law, but we now have to make sure the implementation follows. So uh, really it's following up on things that he was uh, able to do. Now I know that uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland is an independent entity, but there are a lot of African-Americans in Washington state are extremely disappointed and hurt by the lack of uh, action that he took on a federal complaint that was filed November 23rd, 2021. The complaint was supported by Adam Smith, then chair of the House Armed Services Committee, Senator Patty Murray, the second ranking senator, uh, uh, Congresswoman Marilyn Strickland, and the Congressman Benny Thompson all wrote letters encouraging, because uh, uh, DOJ sent a complaint over to the Department of Transportation. It was a racial discrimination complaint. Uh, and uh, Congressman Thompson attached uh, the report from the Office of Minority Women Business Enterprise to his letter to both Pete Buttigieg and to uh, Mary Garland. And to date, we've heard nothing back. Uh, Washington State didn't have affirmative action for 25 years. And uh, we had a governor's uh, executive order passed January 2022. But African-American firms did 0.18% of the state's business in 2021, 0.22 in 2022. A lot of uh, African-American businesses were decimated by not having affirmative action. So now all this money is coming through and our community is not really engaged or in the capacity. Uh, we got people with the expertise, but uh, we're hoping that uh, someone will look at uh, instituting a Marshall Plan within the Black business community to have us build back up to speed. Because a lot of family businesses wouldn't get to go from uh, uh, father to son because if you don't have the opportunities, if you don't have the business, uh, you, don't, you can't survive. Uh, Seattle is now 7% Black. The Black community is now 15% Black. And we have the whitest Martin Luther King Jr. Street in America. So those are our plights. But uh, if you get a chance to pull someone's coat, uh, that discrimination should be looked at. Uh, it's got progressively worse since we filed a complaint. By 22 individual businesses, the NAACP in three counties, uh, uh, the National Association of Minority Contractors, the Civil Rights Coalition, uh, just to give you an idea of what's happening back here, uh, I know that in other areas, people do well. We'll have Wendell Stimley will be on a little later, the president of the National Association of Minority Contractors. But that's our plight right now. There doesn't seem to be any, any activity or motion whatsoever in trying to resolve this or uh, bring some relief to our community. I just want you to have, no, it's not your bailiwick, but I did want you to know about it. No, and I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, it, it's contrary to the president's policy is contrary to his desires. The first executive order he signed was an executive order on breaking down systemic racism and barriers wherever they are present in the federal government. And I think that uh, all of his secretaries should know that uh, 
the president's desire to use small and disadvantaged businesses, to use minority businesses, to use black businesses. And that's why uh, he made the uh, Minority Business Development Agency permanent, seeded it with a couple hundred million dollars. That's why we've raised the procurement goals. And um, that's very disturbing and, and troubling to, to hear. Um, you know, Benny Thompson's one of my mentors, so I will follow up with him to see where we are, um, to see where he is on that. Well, uh, Cedric Richmond, uh, uh, the, the president has the right person in his corner because you are one dedicated, committed brother over the years that I've known you. You've never always been up front and also been driven by purpose to uplift your people and, and the American people in general. But I do want you to meet uh, the new uh, president of the NAACP Area Conference for Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. She's attorney uh, Shalee Seacrest. You guys are both uh, barristers, both members of the bar. But anyway, she uh, was elected uh, last week, and she's the new president of that conference. And the NAACP was also one of the signatories on the federal complaint. So uh, I appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate what you're doing. And anything I can do to help the right man get back in the White House with the right sister, you know, I just let me know. So, Shalee, I want you to meet uh, Cedric Richmond. He's the co-chair of the 2024 re-elect campaign for President Joseph Biden. So that was you know, attorney, attorney Shalee Seacrest, attorney uh, uh, Cedric Richmond. Okay, so uh, I will see you next week at the Congressional Black Officer. Absolutely. And thank you for your time today, and thank you for your commitment to our people and to the people of America. So thank well, you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Let me know, and I'll come back anytime. Okay, I appreciate that, sir. Okay. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Okay, Ms. Shalee uh, Anderson, Attorney Shalee, and President Attorney, Dr. Shalee Anderson, who was elected last week to be President of the Area Conference, NAACP, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. And uh, so, Shalee, why don't you just take a couple of minutes I know I know who you are, but a lot of other people don't. Take a couple of minutes and give folks a little background information about Attorney Shalee Seacrest. And then when you finish doing that, talk about what you're doing right now to uplift your people and protect them in the courtroom. I love it. Thank you, Eddie. Um, again, my name is Shalee Seacrest. I am the recently elected president of the biggest and baddest the boldest and oldest civil rights organization in the nation. That's the one and only the NAACP. We had our elections just Saturday, so I am just fresh off the ballot box, um, but ready to get to work. NAACP, we've been here covering the states of Washington, Alaska, and Oregon. Um, so our job is to look at the policies happening at the state level. We take all of the, um, the actions from the national NAACP and we make certain that they are being pushed throughout all of our 13 units on the ground um, inside of our region. And so at the state level, what does that look like? It makes certain that we are getting state funding. Um, you know, Eddie, they will champion legislation on the name of black folks, but then once actually funding is secured, if it is secured, then they forget quickly. And so one of the jobs for the NAACP is to make certain that we chase after those dollars. Don't pass laws in the name of Black people 
and then exclude us when it comes to actually building up our communities and doing the work. Um, so funding is a big piece of what we do, um, making certain that the community-based organizations, Black-led community-based organizations are receiving the state-funded funding resources that they are entitled to. Another piece that we do is on the advocacy. Um, of course, we continue to work towards and advocate, push up the voices um, from those who are impacted by the policies that lawmakers are making. So um, build power from the roots up, making certain that those who are actually um, on the ground being, the, being impacted are the ones that have the strongest voice when it comes to guiding and shaping laws. Um, and so that's pretty much what we're doing for this year. That means the vision areas are, of course, just like you just um, let off with your last speaker, NAACP, our flagship goal is making certain that we turn out the vote in every Black household possible. Um, Washington State, we did better than other um, states in the nation when it came to the last presidential election. Folks weren't looking to necessarily be Democrats. We found that Black votes in the, in the last election, they weren't too um, stuck on party lines. This was more of an issue based. They voted Trump out, right? Which is what we saw with the election results, right? Um, when those votes in Detroit came running in, how it flipped um, the voting demographic in Michigan. Same thing with our folks in Philly, right? The black vote saved the day. Folks weren't really caring about Democrat or Republican per se. They instead were looking at who's making stupid statements like, I see the good on both sides when there's the Ku Klux Klan standing inside of the roadway, right? We voted folks out. And so typically the NAACP, we don't even take positions on candidates. Um, our membership is full of Democrats and Republicans. But for this last election, we actually had the authority to make certain that we stood against the racism under Donald Trump. And so the NAACP, we lined up all of our folks and did a full on attack to make sure we turned out the vote, uh, that black vote. We're gonna do that again for this presidential election. And uh, why don't you share, take a couple of minutes and share people what you do uh, every day of the week almost. My daytime job when I'm not lobbying and protesting and advancing um, the cause for Black folk. My day-to-day -day job, I'm a criminal defense attorney. I actually went to law school with your daughter, Angela Rye. I think she was a year, she graduated a year after me. Um, so doing criminal defense and working on liberation for Black yeah, folk. You mentioned Angela, she just flew in. Her and her best friend, Leonetta Espy, are going to see Beyonce tonight. Oh, so boy. She's for that. <laughs> then she'll be leaving out to head back for D.C. She's on a couple of the Congressional Black Caucus uh, uh, boards, the Political mm -hmm. Action Committee and the Institute Board that uh, Congressman Benny Thompson chairs. So that's how I got a chance to meet a lot of those folks is through her. Okay. So, but, uh, yeah, but that's good. I'm glad to hear these, these uh, SU uh, law school grads are doing well. That's right. That's right. Leading the cause for social justice. Still, 20, almost 20 years later. What, what can people do right now to support the end? I know uh, and folks need to join. 
And uh, matter of fact, Daryl Powell was sending me the link up update my membership. I'm gonna call him after this program because <laughs> I can't walk around without being a member of the NAACP. You have to be a member. Okay, That's there you go. Great. Yes. So now's uh, the time. Right? Racism is under attack, and specifically, if you look at education, NAACP. One of the things that we're working on under my administration, we're looking at education. You saw at the federal level, the dismantling of affirmative action in education. That was deliberate, right? You see the areas where they didn't touch and you see that they did attack education. Also in that same time, they also attacked um, the student loan forgiveness program, something that Biden was working so hard on. You know, black women, we are filled with student loans, right? So that really impacted us. Um, the attack, and we look at Florida and what they're doing inside of the classrooms, as far as making certain instructor instructors can't talk about race. They are attacking the civil rights movement through the vessel of education. It's the same good old fashioned approach of what we saw when the civil rights movements of the 50s and 60s, right? We were intentional with making certain civil rights began with the desegregation of education because we understood if we can get our babies educated and put into positions um, of work and employment, career paths, that's gonna lift up us economically, right? And so it's intentional. So you ask, how can we make sure people get involved? Now is more than ever, they're trying to roll back the civil rights advance, advancements that we've made over the decades. And oddly enough, they're using the exact same approach that they've used before. We, we've been here before, right? So I'm asking for everyone to join their local units. Again, I'm at the state or the region, state area conference. Each person who wants to get involved in the fight for race discrimination needs to join their local branch. Now the NAACP, we're different than the other civil rights organizations. Our family members at the ACLU, they do civil rights of all protected parties, right? Gender discrimination, age, all of that. Our Urban League family, they focus on direct services. NAACP, we're not feeding the homeless. NAACP, we attack racism itself. We're the ones who ask, how come all the folks inside of the food lines are black, inside of the homeless shelters are black? And we look at the barriers that created that and remove- and, and jails, and jails. Yep, exactly, right? So we're not a direct service organization. Our expertise, it's race, right? And no one knows it better and how to fight against it than the NAACP, and we need help. Okay, Shelly, I want you to hold on. We're gonna, uh, hold on for a minute, we're gonna take this break. Uh, Eric, why don't we take this break and uh, hopefully we'll be joined by Wendell Stimley. He's the president of the National Association of Minority Contractors, and uh, he is doing the same thing that you're doing, but on the, through the, the National Association of Minority Contractors. So let's go ahead and take this break, Eric. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. 
Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. At Sound Transit, we not only give people more reliable ways to get around, we're connecting diverse neighborhoods to an entire system of opportunities, like jobs, school, friends and family, and to the airport. Our commitment to economic development provides opportunities for women and people of color to compete fairly for sound transit contracts. All of this helps our regional workforce grow and thrive. Go to soundtransit.org and search DBE to learn more. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, Eddie Ryan Jr. back at Urban Forum Northwest. My next guest is Wendell Stemley. But before Wendell comes on, I want him to meet our illustrious president, uh, area conference president of the NAACP. That's Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. She was elected last Saturday. Uh, doing the area conference here. So Wendell, I want you to meet this mover and shaker from Seattle. This is uh this is attorney Shalee Anderson, Wendell Stimley. Wendell, can you say hi? He's still on mute, I bet. <laughs> hi. Hi. Wendell, get off mute, brother. <laughs> we can't oh, hear you. Some good things. I'm off mute now. I okay, I, but you but you did hear my introduction of attorney Shalee Seacrest, our president. Uh, area conference uh, president for the NAACP for Alaska, Oregon, and Washington. So I want yes. to make sure she met you because uh, uh, in this state, you know, we're going to be needing some NAACP push. Uh, their names are on the, the federal complaint that we filed uh, that Bob Armstead put together November 23rd, 2021. So Shalee, thank you very much. Um, let me know uh, this uh, station, this program is available to you whenever you want to go on, okay? That sounds good. Nice to meet you, Wendell. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Shalee. We appreciate you. Okay, Wendell Stemley. Uh, we just had a uh, congressman, uh, I mean, former congressman, but uh, Cedric Richmond, who is the co-chair of the, of the committee to re-elect Joe Biden president in 2024. And uh, I had to, at the end of the interview, share with him the sad state of affairs for uh, African descendants of the United States enslaved in Washington State and our low-level participation, and the fact that Mira Garland sent our complaint to DOT, uh, DOT and uh, we haven't heard anything since. So, but uh, Cedric Richmond said he's going to check with his mentor, Congressman Benny Thompson, who did a letter on our behalf. So we might have some action, because we got all this money coming through right now, and our folks need a Marshall Plan to gear up to participate. So, but before uh, I finish crying on your shoulder, I want you to just take some opportunity and tell people a little bit about Wendell Stemley, our, our illustrious president of the National Association of Minority Contractors. Well, the NAMC is a trade association, the oldest trade association in the United States, uh, formed out of the Hunters Point riot and the Berkeley uprising in Oakland. And many of you got to see the Messiah movement of the Black Panther Party, which was Ray Don's enabler and protector as he protested for jobs that had never been had, union jobs in San Francisco and Oakland, and started the Trade Association. And 
Out of that uprising, Ron Dellums became a United States congressman and moved to Washington, D.C., and he asked NAMAC to join him in D.C., so we both, the Congressional Black Caucus and NAMAC, have the same anniversary. Uh, so we've been fighting this fight, but ironically, the fight of the 60s has reemerged itself in 2023 but with a different twist. In the early 60s, they didn't really want you to be employed in uh, a particular job function. They didn't want you to be part of the economic process. In 2023, they want your tax dollars and they want you to be a part of their tax process, but without being a participant in that process. So it forces you into a state of taxation without representation because you're contributing to something that you can't readily uh, participate in. So that's how we're new. It's an economic war, uh, no matter what they try to dress it up as. Uh, I hate you for having something that I have or similar to what I have. So it causes all kind of uh, violence and tension. And uh, the governor of Santos in Florida to have legislation that you can't have diversity and inclusion, but I don't see him writing anything in place that says, because you are excluded from everything, you don't have to pay gas tax at the gas pump. It's nothing that he's writing saying you don't have to pay resort fees to go to Walt Disney, yet he wants to enact law that any Disney property that is not a theme park, he controls, the state controls, and there's no diversity and inclusion. So we have to frame the right arguments to actually take on some of this in a legal challenge. That's why the... Uh, Reformation of Embeldef, uh, Minority Business Legal Defense and Education Fund is so important that we have uh, a seat at the table to have these legal discussions uh, around the economic issue versus the social justice. Well, you know, uh, Anthony Robinson was, uh, when my daughter first went back to D.C., he was he was a D.C. goddad. and. Oh. Uh, we go back uh, almost 40 years. I think there's a picture of us after the Adirondack decision outside of Supreme Court. He, right. uh, Anthony, uh, Perrin Mitchell, and myself were standing together. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy as a co-founder and a board member of the Washington State Chapter of NAMC. I'm so happy that we stepped up to support uh, MBELD after Minority Business uh, Development Enterprise and Legal Defense Fund. And uh, that, that, that organization is drastically needed. When you have a person with the expertise of uh, Anthony Robinson, uh, who has uh, been proven on the battlefield in the courtroom, all the way to Supreme Court, uh, that's, that's the kind of representation we need. And I'm really happy that uh, we're able to continue to support that. Now, uh, how is the 15% uh, in the Infrastructure and Jobs Act money, the $1.75 trillion, it's going to be building bridges, roads, and everything else. And there's also the Justice 40 money about uh, cleaning up uh, the environment. Uh, uh, what kind of roadblocks do you see? I, we know what we have in Washington State, 
uh, because after 25 years of no affirmative action, a lot of people were driven out of business. But I was just trying to figure out, is there a game plan nationally to ensure that Blacks participate in that $1.75 trillion with a 15% goal on that money? Well, as Bob Armstead said, you have some very well-funded groups. Uh, you know, you have Steve Miller, Mr. Bloom, and others that there was a lawsuit in, in Florida to enjoin our circumvent the participation in that uh, infrastructure bill. Uh, Well-funded, these organizations have uh, anti-affirmative action initiatives. They have millions of dollars in their coffers. So they filed a suit against Biden-Harris uh, infrastructure bill in the state of Florida. And the judge heard the case and they were able to uh, not implement that, but it left it open for the plaintiffs to come back and file additional lawsuits. So they're trying uh, every maneuver they can to ensure that there is very limited or no inclusion in these uh, programs that might have participation clauses in it. Ironically, the same group out of Wisconsin that funded that lawsuit in Florida also uh, sued the Minority Business Development Agency in Texas, saying that they did not have a right to uh, develop minority and uh, women-owned business to participate in uh, that infrastructure bill or any other bill. So, Eddie, you just got a lot of... Uh, quietly why folks aren't paying attention i guess we're watching uh the nba playoffs or whatever uh you have a movement on all fronts you know there's uh the uh attorney generals 13 of them around the united states uh especially in tennessee they filed a letter to the fortune 100 companies letting them know that they were subject to uh, litigation if they enacted diversity and inclusion in hiring and in procurement in their state. So if you have the Supreme Court taking a stand on diversity and inclusion, you have uh, the states taking action against the infrastructure bill, and then you have the attorney generals from these states saying that they also have joined in. You're getting attacked on all fronts, so it's no, none of this is a sure bet or easy win for participation. Uh, how how much money has been distributed so far? Uh, do you have any idea? We think it's somewhere around $5 billion that's come to Washington State. We're not exactly sure, so I can't be quoted, but I think that was a number that Bob Armstead, our uh, local president, can't say it. it was about $5 million that's already come to this state. And I was just trying to say I don't see any additional Black contractors working. Uh, matter of fact, we have about 10 Black trucking firms going out of business. They're just hauling stuff. But as long as they are under the foot of a prime contractor, that happens. Those could be some direct bid uh, contracts directly with the owner of the equipment. Uh, I don't know exactly how other folks are faring, but uh, we have a staff state of affairs right here. And hopefully, uh, well, we're disappointed in Attorney General Mary Garland. He doesn't take uh, uh, racial discrimination complaints against Black folks 
uh, too seriously. That's that's the only conclusion, even with documentation. That's really unfortunate. But next week, hopefully, we can get enough folks from the Congressional Black Caucus to twist some arms and put some justice. Uh, so I know you'll be there. Well, the Congressional Black Caucus is, you know, they they have an uphill battle. Uh, we have fewer members than uh, in some cases. And then the opposition has become so uh, aggressive. And so when they're in the majority, that I think it catches folks off guard a little bit that exactly what they think, well, they couldn't be thinking about doing something this extreme. And then when they do that, it moves the needle to another extreme, right? So if you are always anticipating the person won't do something extreme and then they surpass that, it's hard for you to catch your footing on how you're going to deal with uh counteracting their behavior because it's so extreme now. I mean, even the Supreme Court is politicized at this point. We never thought we would see the day where uh, the facts didn't matter. It's all based on which party uh, is willing to push that extreme. Unfortunately, the uh, people that don't support us seem to be more extremists. So what would you encourage uh, not only NEMC members, but other people who support equity for black folks? What would you what would you suggest for them to do right now? People who are listening right now who are not in business, might know somebody that was a contractor in Washington State. Uh, they probably aren't anymore because when you're doing 0.22%, that's going to leave a whole lot of room for anybody. But anyway, I was just trying to figure out what would you suggest people do? Well, I would suggest equal representation for the tax dollars that you contribute to the economic process. So if Latinos are a trillion dollar economy, consumer economy, economy, and let's say that uh, African-Americans are a trillion dollar economy and women spend 50% of every dollar in this country. So it's no reason why 66% of the capital shouldn't have a voice uh, in participating in the process. So I think what we have to do is strategize better of how to have minorities and women counted in these the calculations as far as their tax contribution uh, to the uh, eco economy. And then let's have a meeting about participation and inclusion at the mayor's office, at the governor's office, at the congressional offices, uh, because that carries only thing that's seen people understand right now is money. So let's have a money conversation because the tax dollars pay for all of this. When we hear about all these programs and all these great things, at the end of the day, the tax dollars are paying for it. And if women and minorities are paying their fair share, or in some cases, even more of the tax burden to fund these opportunities, they should be allowed to participate in those opportunities. But we got to change the narrative of the conversation. What would you like to see the Congressional Black Caucus do to uh, make sure that there is equity uh, in this Infrastructure and Jobs Act money as well as this? 
Justice 40, uh, which Bob Armstead took, uh, took us to school on recently. Uh, there's billions of dollars or trillions of dollars in that as well. And they're talking about the environmental kind of stuff. And, you know, uh, a lot of the black communities and brown communities were uh, in environmental hazardous areas. All right. Well, Jackson, Mississippi and Flint, Michigan and other Newark and other areas have always been underserved by infrastructure. I mean, you know, don't take a rocket scientist. Men lie, women lie, and the numbers don't lie. That, you know, it's more lead and contamination in the pores of our communities, uh, Baltimore, you name it. So uh, we can't have uh, equity and fairness of disbursement of dollars based on need, based on uh, it makes no sense for the water system to be functional at General Motors in Detroit, Michigan, but yet 8.8 .8 parts per million contamination of lead in Flint, Michigan, right? You can't divert water for the purpose of not corroding the auto parts, but you convert it to folks to drink into the system. That's just not, you can't, there's no way you can justify that, right? So we have to have a serious conversation. And if we have congressional members sitting on these infrastructure committees, then they have to, short of turning the table over or staying there all night or doing whatever they have to do to make sure that there's equality and equity in, in the infrastructure bill. Because they never had a short of money. Okay, I want to thank you your time today, and I'll see you uh, next week in D.C. doing the Congressional Black Office. All right, take care, guys. Thank you very much. I sure appreciate it. All right. Okay, uh, my next guest is Dr. Uh, Ife Williams, uh, a change agent attorney, a trice Edney wire service syndicated columnist. As a matter of fact, she, her column is in, uh, is in uh, this week's Medium newspaper, and uh, it is titled... Haters, you don't know black women. So, Dr. Ife, welcome to Urban Forum Northwest. Well, thank you so much. Sorry I didn't get on you soon. But I'm not as sophisticated as everybody up there in uh, Washington is. In the other Washington, we've got a lot to learn yet. <laughs> well, not really, because what you needed to learn, you don't have anymore. <laughs> Talk about 45. But uh, uh, why don't you just take a, I mean, uh, you're, you're doing so many things back there, including... Uh, uh, hosting a program i've had the opportunity to be on there once host of wake up stay woke it's a washington dc radio show on 89.3 wpfw and uh like i said in the email i sent out last night that your column appears uh, uh regular in the cl medium pick it up here you mark moriel and reverend jesse jackson so, oh wonderful uh, and, and you know i get you i get the, the seattle medium and I'm so excited whenever I see my articles and then the articles of others in the paper, too. Uh, when I was ill last year, the Seattle Medium sent me flowers, I, and I was so excited. I just want you to know how kind they are. You don't have to live in Seattle for them to be kind to you, and I will never forget that. It made me feel so much better. You hear that, Chris B.? You hear that, Chris H. Bennett? You got some <laughs> accolades coming for doing the right thing. And Frank P. Barrow, I'm sure he has something to do with it as well. So, yes. Dr. Ife, I mean, I know you've been in deep, deep in politics. Uh, you're an author. It'd take me an hour to really do an interview with you. But in terms of the Congressional Black Caucus coming up next week, 
what are you hoping to see that come out of uh, the annual legislative conference? One of the key things I would like to see is a, a resolution that's going to re- be, really be upfront on controlling gun violence. I just saw a trauma surgeon from Dallas, Texas, by the name of Dr. Brian Williams, and this brother had tears in his eyes talking about all of the trauma cases that come into his hospital, and not just adults, but children too. And he wants to uh, run for Congress so that he can be the spokesperson for our getting rid of it. It seems that so many people are afraid of the NRA that they won't do anything about it, but he, that's his main reason for wanting to go uh, to, um, you know, to Congress to be the spokesperson for getting rid of gun violence. So I hope the members of the Congressional Black Caucus, because I know they support this, but they need to speak more, more loudly. Uh, there's also a, a black man who has invented uh, something called the rack to keep children from getting a hold of their parents' guns at home because sometimes parents can be careless. But uh, this is Mr. William McMurray. He has invented this rack, and I, and I hope that people will begin to look him up, RAC, and, and, and listen to what he is doing to help save our young people, especially who are dying from these guns because they, they think guns are playthings. And we found more children bringing these guns to school and injuring, uh, you know, their chances for a good life, but also injuring others. Back here we had a young man who injured his teacher because he was able to get a hold of his parents' guns. We're just too careless with guns, and I hope the Congressional Black Caucus will deal that and really come out of it strongly supporting uh, getting rid of gun violence. And I hope people will also um, begin to see Dr. Brian Wilson. He's a brother who's from Dallas, Texas, and is running for Congress. He makes a great, great uh, speech and, and ad about uh, what he wants to do to get rid of some of this gun violence. So I'm, I'm pretty sure he'll probably be at, at the Congressional Black Caucus uh, the next week. Now, uh, Dr. Ife, let folks know you also had an a, a injury recently. How are you, are you recuperating? Okay, well, not to tell, tell Chris, I'm not looking for more flowers now, but a bicycle ran over me and knocked me down on the concrete. That's another thing that we have to deal with in some parts of the country. And it, uh, But this broke my arm and had some cuts across my left eye. The, the, the cut is not healed yet. I did have stitches in it. Uh, I'm told I've got another three months uh, to be wearing the sling and being careful. But you know what? It traumatizes you. You're standing in front of your house, and bicycles have no rules here in D.C., I know. They just run up and down the street, and uh, they don't pause for anything. They don't often stop at stoplights. They just go right across, um, if, you know, if they want to just go right across the street. And it's getting really bad in uh, Washington, D.C. So, and I hear people from other states saying the same thing. They, bicycles don't have to have insurance. They don't have any rules, you know, like traffic stops or anything. When they're passing by a person's uh, driveway or making turns at the same time, cars are making uh, turns in the street. Now, I also want to let uh, my listening audience know, now, you also are, are an author. Can you uh, oh, uh, speak yes. to, because I know you're in... The late Dick Gregory were did a lot of things together. Went all the way over to London to right. protest BP. Uh, so yeah. I know you, you guys were in quite a few movements together. So just take a couple of minutes and share that. Oh, I, I've got a lot on my new website. It's for me and also for the Dick Gregory Society. I'm now head of the Dick Gregory Society. But if your listeners will just go to Dr for Doctor E as in Edward Fay F A Y E 
Williams at, <clears throat> I'm sorry, Faye Williams, and then, uh, not that ad you have to do, Dr. E. Faye Williams, ESQ for Esquire.com. Dr. E. Faye Williams, ESQ, um, what did I say, dot com. You can get everything that I'm doing now. I've written a book, of course, about Dick Gregory, and, of course, it's called Wake Up and Stay Woke. And the reason I, and that's my radio program's name, too, Wake Up and Stay Woke. Those were the last words he said uh, just before he left us. So I uh, try to get people to honor him who knew him and to remember him and do something in his name. So that's why we um, started the Dick Gregory Society. If you look it up, it, it's there. It's on the inter- Internet. But I hope people will go directly to our website at Dr. E. Faye Williams, ESQ, um, dot org, org. You'll see it. It's dot org or dot com. It's, it's one or the other. I forget. Yeah, but, I'll um, get it. I'll make sure that I get it on the okay. Facebook page underneath okay. the picture that's okay. on Facebook you know, I, to make sure people. Yeah, we but, get so uh, many. But Dick Gregory did so much and warned us of so many things that are going on today, uh, not just about the violence, but also how we're losing our democracy and all of us ought to be concerned about uh, our democracy. It just seems that there are people, particularly those in Congress, uh, who are, you know, who are trying to get rid of the democracy. And we just have to do something about it. It means voting. We're hearing all this negative stuff on television now about uh, President uh, Biden. Uh, President Biden is so far ahead of that other person that hopefully will get his trial soon and pay for all the things that he's doing. But we this, have this White House staff didn't come back with $2, two billion dollars from Saudi Arabia. Yes, yes, that's that's the <laughs> that was so, Doctor uh, Ife, we're out of time. But anyway, I I'm want to so thank sorry, you. Sorry, but uh, thank Hope you so you much well. for having me on. Uh, call me again. Yeah. I'll try to learn how to do the Zoom. Love I'm, you. And I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to come see you next week too. I look forward to seeing you. Yes. Bye, Chris. Okay. Thank you, Doctor Ife Williams. You can read about her. As a matter of fact, on the front page. Uh, talks about Mayor Bruce Harrell and how well he's doing with his moves to revitalize downtown Seattle. And Dr. Ife Williams is in that same publication. And I want to uh, let thank uh, the City of Seattle's Purchasing and Construction Services Department, SeaTac Bar Group LLC, the Port of Seattle's Diversity Contracting Office, Drown Transit's Office of Civil Rights, Equity, and Inclusion. And uh, want everybody, if you haven't registered to vote, please register to vote. If you haven't joined the NAACP, please join the NAACP because you just never know when you might need some intervention to have somebody stand up for you, but you've got to be a player and participate and a contributor. And in that way, we'll have much better shape to fight for our rights. Thank you very much. Eddie Rye over and out. Talk to you again next Thursday.